welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello, everyone. It's Jessica, and I have such a fantastic, energetic episode for you today. If you're feeling a little bit low amidst the constant go-go-go of summer, this episode is for you. My guest is Lori Thompson. You may know her as Lori's Fab Life online. She has eight sons. Yeah, yeah, eight sons, all boys. (laughs) I think I get looks having four boys. She has eight of them. And she's going to talk about her motherhood journey. She's going to talk about raising eight sons. And most importantly, she's going to talk about her adventurous lifestyle of wanting to create bucket lists and just constantly be exploring her community and the world around her. She's a big proponent of travel and just memory making. And I love that vantage point so much. Yes, she has more energy than most of us have, you know, for a whole week. (laughs) But that being said, she gives us some great ideas of how to create a culture that's really intentional in our home and adventuring and bucket list crossing offing. That is their family culture. So let's get to it with Lori Thompson. All right. I'm so excited to be chatting with Lori Thompson today. Hi, Lori. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, Jessica, for having me. It's my pleasure. Where am I speaking to you from? I am in Salt Lake City, Utah, and man, it has been so hot lately. It has. <laughs> Over 100 is uh, not my thing. <laughs> no, no, it has been extraordinarily hot. We were visiting this last week and got home on Tuesday, and yeah, we did escape to Park City for a few days, and that helped, but man, yeah. it was it was a scorcher. Yeah, it's like August, like the end of August weather, and it happened, it started in June, yeah. and we're like, wait a minute, we still need a few 80s, 80s right. days, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, when you came onto my radar of a mom of eight boys, I have four boys myself, I just thought, you are my person, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> Your kindred spirit already. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm so excited to be chatting. So for people that don't know you yet, Lori, will you give a little background on yourself and your family? Awesome. So I was born in Santa Barbara, California. Not to like start at the very beginning. No, let's start at the very beginning. Yeah. (laughs) So I had a single parent and my older brother. So us three were and are like tight. Like it was just us. And I loved every second of it. But I always wished I had a little bit more. Like we had tons of cousins and we always played with them. And that was awesome. But I always knew early on that I wanted to have a big family. And I kind of always wanted to have a lot of boys. But, you know, you don't really have a say in that. So I meet my husband and he is absolutely amazing and shocking. He wants a big family too. (laughs) So it worked out absolutely perfectly. And, you know, the first boy and then the second boy and then the third boy, like by the fourth, maybe even fifth, we would just laugh at the ultrasound because we're like, and they're like, Let, let's look again. Like, let me just double check. And my <laughs> husband and I would just laugh. We're like, well, of course you're going to find the boy parts because of course it's, what else would it be? Like, we just kind of laughed and just went on with that, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know it is kind of shocking that like when you think there's a 50-50 shot of getting a boy or a girl and we both have gotten boy, 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 boy all the times. It's like, really? Yes. Never, yes. never, never a girl. Yes. It's not even a shot. But 
But now I know with these odds, we should go to Vegas. I mean, it's right. like flipping a coin and getting heads your four times, my eight times. But I'm like, I wish it was that easy for us in Vegas. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Put it to good use. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And now to I help mean, pay for all these boys <laughs> and that and their massive food bill. I'm sure I can oh only my imagine. Gosh, they eat so much food. <laughs> yes, because as amazing as having eight boys is and. I mean, people act like having all boys is like, oh, you never got your girl. But it's so incredible having boys. I love having boys. I can't picture it any other way. But I will say, right. they probably your food bill is probably double what <laughs> you know a mixed family might have. Well, and it, that is so true. And it's funny because, like, as I'm making dinner, they're having a bowl of cereal or they're making a PBJ and I'm like, dude, please don't. And they're like, mom, I promise I'll still eat it. And they do. They finish whatever snack, like the entire bag of chips or whatever it is that they're eating. And then my meal and they just, we, we very rarely have leftovers because they just like look at it and it automatically just disappears. Like they, they do, they eat a lot of food. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, so let's just stay on the food topic right now. So, what have you learned about preparing meals for lots and lots of people? Like what are your go-to recipes or what are your tips and tricks for like mass producing food and like basically catering every day? <laughs> I am. I'm a caterer. That is yeah. my part-time job. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always have certain staples on hand no matter what. Like we always have bread and peanut butter and tortillas and cheese and milk and cereal and crackers. Like no matter what, like probably apples and bananas, but we like always have that so they can like just get a, a quote unquote snack, even though they have six bowls at one sitting, which blows my mind. Yes. But a lot, but also a lot of times at dinner, they're like, you know, it's around dinner time and I'm like, eh, you know, I'm not feeling it. And they're like, what are you making for dinner? And I'm like, again, you have to eat again. Like, why do you have to eat dinner every single night? When every once in a while I can take a night off and not eat dinner, but no, not those boys. Yes. (laughs) So I have like the largest, you know, when you go to Costco and you see that humongous pan, it looks like the extra large pizza. Like Mm -hmm. I make everything. I have three of them and I make everything in those. Like, it doesn't matter if it's tacos, if it's some kind of a chicken dish, like stir fry vegetable, like it, whatever it is, I'm cooking it up in these ginormous, they don't even fit in our dishwasher. They're such big pans. Do you even have, like but you have a normal oven? Like, do you have anything like industrial strength for, for We We don't. So okay. we, that's on my list. So we mm-hmm. are, <clears throat> excuse me, we are, we've lived in this house only about five years. I um, mean, it's an older home. We're planning on remodeling, but you know, things happen and kids like graduate or go to college or go on a mission or the pandemic. Like there's so many things that keep changing our plans, but we do have plans to remodel and I will be getting a a little bit larger stove and oven. So the oven, yeah, my huge pans to make any kind of a casserole or lasagna are, they barely just fit in and it's a regular size oven. So it's not like a smaller oven. It just barely fits in there with this humongous pans (laughs) that, you know, we have everything extra large in our family. (laughs) I love that so much. And I mean, I would assume they're good eaters and you're not like catering to, you know, the pickiness of any kids. Like, can your kids even choose to be picky? They, so thankfully nobody has any allergies. Nobody is super picky. I mean, some prefer spaghetti over tacos, but I make, you know, I make it like every week, week and a half anyways. And so they're fine eating it. Or if they know, 
Um, like if they don't like something, they'll go make their own food. But it, yeah, I don't, I don't make five different meals for people, but thankfully we don't have any like lactose intolerant right. or anything like that where I have to like change the way I just mass produce food and they, they just eat it. <laughs> yeah. What do you drive? So I have one of those huge Nissan vans, those okay. NV 3,500 vans. We got ours <laughs> about... Oh goodness, six, seven years ago when they just came out, but they were for, for businesses uh-huh. and we kind of converted ours to a, to a residential, you know, just for our family. Yeah. And now, especially around Utah, we see more and more popping up. Um, so we have that, but then we have a few other cars because I hate driving the huge van <laughs> if it's just me or just a couple kids. We do have a couple other cars, but man, that is a beast. We feel so safe and it's like so big and lifted. Like we can see what's going on on the freeway. It's just a bear to park. So we right. try to like pull through. Yes. <laughs> but it is, it, it works for our family. We have two, we've, we've added two huge TVs in it. And then we also added um, an Xbox controller. So when we go on road trips, which we do quite a bit, we can put in movies, you know, the littles get to choose a movie, then the bigs get to choose a movie because it's, you know, it's like a cartoon, then an action movie kind of goes back right. and forth. But it's awesome. It's like the best vehicle for our family. That is so amazing. Yeah. I mean, this between the sprinter vans and all these different types of adventure vehicles, that really has oh, yeah. gained a lot of, of trending lately. And especially with the pandemic, people wanting to, you know, just be able to pick up and go, even if they don't have right. any kids it's still become quite, quite popular. So you were ahead of the trend, Lori. (laughs) (laughs) Not intentionally. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. I love that so much. So can we go back to early motherhood for Lori? Like, how has your motherhood evolved? Like what did your parenting approach, what did your personal approach look like when you just had one, two, maybe three kids versus now you have your youngest is six, your oldest is 21. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. How has that evolved? What did it look like early? And then kind of have things changed for you? It, it totally 100% has changed. And it's funny because I felt like, and I tell new moms this all the time, like, it's okay that you feel like you live in a bubble because you absolutely do. You don't get to go out or go see things because there's naps and diapers and you just live in this tiny bubble where half the time you're still in your jammies, you know, with your kids (laughs) and you're kind of just focused on every need of them, which is great and wonderful. And I loved every second of it, but I do love, like, I remember when my oldest, and now I can't even remember how old he was of what the age was in Arizona when we lived there, that you could leave that age kid home to like quote unquote <laughs> babysit while you, while you could go. And my husband and I like on his birthday, were like, peace out, watch the kids. And we just walked around the block. And then we got in the car and like, we went to like whatever, Seven Eleven or something. We're like, we don't have to do like 500 seatbelts and car seats. Like we could be like kid freaks. So that there's so many little milestones of being a mother, being a parent, being, you know, being some kind of over these children where you can, Every, everything that they need and, and that they want and need, you are there 100%. But now as they get older, they can do more stuff for themselves. Like right now I have nobody taking naps or diapers or sippy cups or, you know, any of that. And though I miss having the cute, wonderful little baby stage, it's still so fun to see them evolve as I'm evolving that they can, they can just take more 
of the world and be and become themselves and just learn and grow. It's been awesome to be able to, you know, be the be in the very front of this and then slowly start taking a back seat to watching them learn and progress and, and grow for themselves with me, of course, being right there to help them or to guide them if they need. But it's 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 been a lot of fun. I know at, at first when they were just, you know, so little um, and, you know, needing everything from from my husband and I, my husband was in school full time um, and then he worked full time. So it was, it was literally me and my, my little children like all the time and, you know, carrying them or car seats and strollers. And it's I, I honestly feel like how did I do it, especially with eight? Like I sit back and like, I'm so glad I'm here yes. <laughs> versus there because it's so much easier in different aspects now. But it's been fun watching them all evolve on their own and grow on their own and become their own person. It's been a lot of fun. So one kind of a quirky thing about my family is every odd child has the blonder hair, the bluer eyes, the lighter complexion. All the even number kids have the darker brown hair, the dark brown eyes, the more olive olive toned hmm. skin. And so we kind of always put them in like the odds and the evens and they all look alike. They all kind of act alike. They all kind of did the same sports, but we didn't like make that happen. We weren't like, okay, you can't play basketball, <laughs> but you have to play basketball. They kind of morphed into each other. And like my little guy like says something or does something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just like, you know, your, your, your other quote unquote, even brother. Like they're so identical in so many ways. It's, it's hilarious because usually kids are kind of, you know, wherever on the spectrum, but my kids are straight down the middle, the odds and the evens. Like you can, you can, you personally could see my kids and go, you're an odd, you're an even, you're an odd, you're an even. It's just, right. it's, it blows my mind. It's, it's so, it's just a little quirk about our family, but it, it's fun. It's fun to see that. That is so interesting. Gosh, genetics yeah. are so crazy. I was just talking to my friend who had her first child um, about a year ago, and here I have my fourth little baby, and I'm like, it is so fun seeing what comes out genetically out of you. It's like a blind bag when you have a baby, and that's like half the fun <laughs> of having a baby. It's like, who do they look yeah. like? What what kind of, you know, mishmash of, of genes do they have? And it's just, it's so thrilling. But I love what you said about how you've been able to evolve because you've become more... I don't know if reliant is the right word, but you've given your kids the opportunity to step up and to become more independent themselves and to become stewards over their siblings too. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is to give them that responsibility. My oldest is 11 and then I have 11, nine, five, and then this little baby caboose at three and a half months old now. And having big kids and a baby has just been so fun because the older boys appreciate him so much. They're able to like feel the same feelings I have as he's, you know, growing right. and developing and everything. And they've never, they didn't get that when they were toddlers looking at their baby brother. And, right, right. and then also they're learning to sacrifice and be like, Oh, mom's busy with the baby and I'm going to need to get my own cereal or I'm going to need to do my own thing or I'm going to need to help my brother, my five-year-old brother to do something because mom's busy or, and I just, uh -huh. It's so good for them. I mean, it's it's way better than a puppy. <laughs> it really it is. It absolutely is. And it's anytime like we'll go to Disneyland or go do a big activity, it's the oldest brother and the youngest brother like team up. Like he's in charge because yeah. I physically can't be. And, and even if I had three kids, 
a parent can't physically watch all whatever three, four, five kids all the time, one hundred percent. So I we always go, you know we always say your brother with this brother. We always like pair them up that yeah. they're in charge of them if they need to go potty to help them put their seatbelts on whatever it is. But that is so true. Uh, the last two of my kids, especially when the the, the bigger kids seem to get it, like quote unquote, mm-hmm. get it more that they were able to appreciate the baby they were able to appreciate me more like wow mom is like awesome that she can like have this baby and then take me to football and right. you know this that and the other but they could also help hush the baby and that like, they can learn to change the baby's diaper they took on way more responsibility now my kids all joke that they only want to have one or two kids because eight <laughs> is way too many they, they, they say this all the time but I'm, I'm sure that they're going to have more and really, I'm like, your wife will have more choice, more, more say in that yeah. than you will. But they are always so good with other kids, like our neighbor kids or they're at their friend's house with their younger siblings. They are so good because they realize of what, you know, what the madness is at our house when kids are jumping off the couch or needing a drink of water. Well, they, they physically can't get the water, at, you know, at, at some ages. And they totally get that. And I've seen them, you know, out now in the real world of how how i don't know how to not that they're like let's see they're just more in tune with other people's needs a little bit more and not saying that they have to have a big family to have that quality but definitely for my kids and my family situation they have all been able to step up a little bit more to help others to be a little bit more unselfish and 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 caring for others i think because they have to for their little brothers. Does that make sense? Without a doubt. And I think it just, you you have given them more of an opportunity to practice it within the walls of your own home, right? Like if you right. have less children, just, you know, numerically, like there's just less opportunities for interaction, for conflict, for, you know, but when you increase that number times four or five or six, you're going to have right. a lot more opportunity to practice these skills of selflessness, of conflict resolution, of saying you're sorry of there's just more opportunities for those types of things and i love um ralphie jacobs from simply on purpose are you familiar with her work at all no i'm not but i'm gonna look it up you should look her up she's amazing but a lot of times people write in and just say like my kids are always fighting and you know what do we do about sibling rivalry and whatnot and she just says sibling rivalry and siblings are the best thing you can give your kids because you know they're going to have to work out these skills and develop these skills of communication and problem solving and you know patience and all these things somewhere so better to do it under your roof with their siblings and and do it wrong sometimes and then learn the hard way versus you know step out into the real world for the first time and not know how to work through those those issues and stuff and you know, that's a fantastic opportunity. And that's why we want to let our kids kind of resolve their own things. And, you know, what's kind of your approach to, you know, kids not getting to sit where they want to sit? I'm sure that's, you know, never happens in your, in your van, right? Or, you know, or, or, well, or the bigger it, it things, obviously. Like as time goes on, we like start adding new rules sure, or we start okay. making different changes because little things come up, which I never thought, you know, 10 years ago, there would be an issue of, like you said, of who sits in what seat. Mm-hmm. So we just, the oldest down, the oldest gets to choose. And if a little kid is sitting there, the oldest gets to bump. Mm. Now, if a teenager bumps, like, you know, a middle kid bumps them, that's fine. But if the oldest comes in or an older comes in, they can bump them. So that's been like the number one rule um, that we've had, or the newest rule that we've had, because there is a lot of that. Like, I want to sit there. I want to sit there. And No, it's oldest to youngest. And then maybe if I'm with 
you know, the three littles, well, then that kid is now the oldest and he can start bumping. Mm. And so it's a kind of a cool little privilege um, for the kids to have. I mean, it's kind of silly, but but I totally agree with, with what you were saying about your friend is I, I have literally witnessed firsthand, even this week, of them you did this. No, you did that. Well, you know, and just trying to talk with them about it. Well, what did you do first? Oh, well, I, I did this. Well, okay. So it wasn't him pushing you first. You actually did that to him first and having them try to talk it out and mm-hmm. realize with each other. Oh, well, obviously you didn't like when I, you know, pushed you when I walked by and that's why you punched my arm back or whatever <laughs> right. it may, may be, but they've learned their communication skills have definitely evolved by being able to talk through it. And then I kind of, I try not to be like the referee unless it gets, you know, a little more heated than, than the average, you know, conflict to let them work it out. And now like with my older kids, they are like best friends. But 10 years ago, I was like praying, please, please help them get along. Please help them be friends like mm-hmm. later on in life. And now they are absolute best friends so maybe not all of them are going to be best friends but we're definitely close we definitely have a bond that like you were saying it's better in the walls of our home to try to figure out and navigate through these little conflicts and and resolve them here and they totally they're not great at it sometimes especially the little kids but they're all learning and growing and especially the little kids watching now the big kids go hey you know whatever this isn't fair or whatever and then they can talk about it And then they can resolve it without yelling at them or saying a bad word or punching or they can see that. And they're kind of now morphing into learning, you know, that the way their big brothers do things, which I'm like, thank goodness. Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's a a nice change that I don't have to jump in and do it all, all the time, you know? Right. And I think as moms, we put so much pressure on ourselves to not only be teaching our kids, you know, how to be great little human beings, but also we have to model that. And really what you've created is this additional modeling opportunities for your big kids and your little kids probably look up to their big brothers so, so much. Right. And so if you can do a really good job form forming and uh, modeling and, and teaching and raising your, your big kids, your first children, then they can really serve as that model for the youngers as well. Absolutely. And it's just more Absolutely. reinforcing of what, what you want. That's amazing. So when I was going through your Instagram, it made me really sad to see only seven of your kids in many of the pictures lately. And I just thought like, oh my gosh, sorry. Like when I found out I was having my second son and it was within two years of each other, I thought they're not going to see each other for four years when they're on their missions. Like I was like, I started just crying and the doctor's like, why are you crying? Like you didn't want a boy. And I'm like, no, they're not going to see each other for like four years if the missions overlap. And the doctor had no clue what I was talking about, but you know. <laughs> So you have a son who is, is gone. Is he on a mission? He is. So he's on his mission in Las Vegas. But to kind of rewind the story, we are in the exact same boat. So my kids' birthdays all kind of fall really close together where most of them, two will be gone at the same time. Okay. So when my first was on his mission in the Philippines, my second left for his mission. And we all knew they weren't going to see each other for four years. Oh. And it was awful. An awful feeling because they are probably the tightest out of all the brothers. Sure. Uh, but realizing this is just, you know, unfortunately part of life, but it's a, it's a good thing, but it's right. also a hard, sad thing, you know? And because of the pandemic, my oldest son came home a month early 
And my second son was also sent home for two months. So even though the pandemic was horrible and awful in so many different reasons, it was one of the best things. And I'm like going to get all teary eyed. It was like one of the best things for my family because for two solid months, you know, not being able to go to the movies or friends' houses or anywhere, we were together and we did so many activities and shared so many experiences and made so many memories. And especially those older boys that were able to connect and be with each other for a solid two months. It was, it was such a blessing. Like I have chills. I, it was such a blessing. And then my second son then went back out and is doing amazing and great. And maybe he would have struggled. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it's hard to say how it would happen, but it was such a blessing that Will and Jackson could, and of course we could see them, but they could see each other as well. Right. Now, Will decided to go to school for a full year before his mission. And Jackson kind of did the same thing. He went for a half a year. So my son that just graduated high school, um, he's super young. He's still just 17. He's going to do a full year of college and then go on his mission. So thankfully, because they've all chosen kind of to do that, or Mm -hmm. these two have chosen to to wait a little bit, they will be able to see each other. But if they went right when their birthdays were and right when they could, they wouldn't see each other for four years, but because they decided to do a full year of school. So I'm like, it works out and they can see each other and they will both be together at BYU Hawaii. So it'll be nice that one brother will be helping the younger brother prepare for a mission while the younger brother helps the RM not to be so weird, you know, to come home. (laughs) So it's a great pairing and they are going to have the best six months of their lives together. No kidding. And you know what? That two months of togetherness you never could have expected or even dreamed or prayed. Like, you couldn't have even oh, known right, to, right. To, to pray for that. The, right. It just for really sure. it just really proves that it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to, and it's going to yeah, be without absolutely. any of our meddling, right? Like, yeah, we, absolutely. We, we need to stop the meddling as a mom and stop trying to, like, control all these circumstances because it's like – Ultimately, it's all going to be how it's supposed to be, and it's it's all good. Well, I'm so glad for you that you got that two months of yeah, togetherness. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun. It was great. Oh, that really is so special. And so part of your main focus on your Instagram, in your life, is adventuring, is checking things off your bucket list. Have you always been a go, go, go type person like as a young person, were you always like Miss Social Butterfly? Absolutely, yes. I've always had a crazy, <clears throat> excuse me, a crazy amount of energy. I've always wanted to, like my theme for 2020 was to have more fun. And my friends all laugh. They're like, what else can you do? <laughs> but then of course, 2020 ended up being, you know, thumbs down with all the pandemic. But I do, I want to do more activities. I want to like book club with my girlfriends or bunko with my girlfriends or more date nights or more, more group date nights or more just the girls going to the movies, more of my kids, more like there's so many different aspects, especially being a mom. I feel like we always put ourselves on the back burner and make sure our kids are always set and our kids are always good. And, and honestly, when they're little, we have to put ourselves on the back burner a lot of the time because they're so little and they can't do, do much for themselves. But as soon as they get older, we can go out and we can have more fun. And I love, like, especially living in Utah. And I know I could find this really anywhere, but Utah is so rad. It is, it has so many activities, winter, spring, summer, fall. There are so many fun things to do. We've been here for um, 11, 12 years. 
And I'm still finding new things and different things. And I have tons of cousins and family here. And they're like, I've never even heard of this place. How did you find it? And I'm like, I do, I research, I find new different activities and hikes and, and reservoirs. And we just love to get outside and have fun. So my kids do have a lot of energy. We do like to like go and do stuff. We would much rather go outside and do an activity than, than be inside and just kind of like hanging out, even though we do love playing games. So I try to find different activities because everyone has different interests. I have a couple kids that love fishing and I have a couple kids that love skateboarding and scootering. And I've got, you know, a couple of kids that like heights and they like to like cliff jump off stuff. So I have <laughs> to find different activities. And then like the little guys, they like the splash pads, you know? So I'm like, I have to find all the fun activities to, to do, but yes, I've always had all this energy. So it's not hard for me to, find fun things to do. And it's not hard for me to plan, even though I have to plan. Everything has to be written down so I know who has an appointment, who has work, who has this, so that I know what time and what days that we can fit in what activities. Because we can't go fishing if the three older boys that love fishing have work. You know what I mean? So we have to plan it. And my husband works out of state, so that's another whole aspect. What? Does he want to do this big activity with us? Well, he does, then we have to change it to next week. But he wouldn't mind us going to, you know, this reservoir and go stand up paddleboarding or whatever it is. So we, yes, we we do. We just, we go, 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 and we absolutely love it. Like, we yeah. love finding new adventures. And it's so fun to see the kids, like, whatever, winter time. I taught them all to ski. I'm not even a great skier. I taught them all to ski. And now I just sit there and watch them and they're doing backflips and they're doing all these tricks and they're, they're racing down. The mountain. And I just am so full of joy that I was up. I was able to just, you know, help in the slightest bit for them to find this fun thing. And now they, it's one of their favorite activities. Like, yeah. and that's in all different activities, you know, swimming or whatever, biking, just helping them find something that they love to do. One of our, our family theme in our family is we do hard things. Mm -hmm. So I love my kids to try a new food or try a new activity or to cliff jump or whatever it is that might seem scary or whatever to have them try it. And then they can say, you know what? I didn't like that food and I'm never going to eat it again, which is totally fine. Or, Oh my gosh, I actually really like that activity or that whatever. I'm going to do that again. I just feel like a lot of times maybe parents don't push their kids to do something out of their comfort zone enough. Um, And I don't mean to say that in a a negative way. They just want to protect their kids, which I totally get. But I feel like if we let our kids kind of experience different things that a lot of them will actually be surprised that they like and they'll want to do again and try again and enjoy doing, you know, for themselves. Right. Uh, okay, there's people listening that are like exhausted even hearing like all that you just mentioned. <laughs> and it does, you don't have to operate that way. Like this is what works no. for your family. And Absolutely. what fun and bucket list, the things that you include on your bucket list are so tailored to what your family loves and enjoys and works for you guys. And anybody else can do their own thing. But I think it's all just about intention, right? And creating the culture that is meaningful to you. And this adventuring bucket list focus culture is what works for your family and you're thriving in it and everyone is experiencing new and exciting things and getting outside their comfort zone and learning lessons and making memories and you can do that just as easily looking a different way like it doesn't have to look the way that you are doing it and yes yeah absolutely so 
something that I'm curious about because you have a such an age span and obviously a lot of different interests, even, you know, with kids close in age, what do you do when you're planning an activity that some of your kids maybe aren't interested in or, you know, just, you know, I don't know, just they don't want to go. So how do you do that? So sometimes I have them choose, like if we have uh, two activities, like, like this happened, excuse me, this happened last month. We were planning a little mini trip to Vernal, Utah to go see dinosaurs. But then we also were planning a little trip to Delta to go see um, some, uh, some hikes and the solar panels and a couple activities. So the little kids didn't have a choice. They were coming with us. And the three middle kids, I was like, you can just choose one or the other. Um, oh. And then they could, they, they did that. Now there's some times where they don't have a choice. And it's usually on a Sunday when we know mm-hmm. that no one's working, everyone's home. We're, you know, going up to the Canyon for a barbecue or we're playing, we're putting, we're playing games or we're watching a, a Disney movie on the TV, whatever activity it is. Yeah. So sometimes they don't have a choice. Um, but I try to find out. So every week, I will already have the schedule or be working on the schedule for the upcoming week. So I know if, oh, they have scout camp or they ha- they have work this day. Well, then I'm going to intentionally plan an activity that's catered to the younger kids. Oh, everyone is free tomorrow. Well, then let's go to, you know, this um, <clears throat> recreation center that we can go swimming and then there's water slides and everyone will enjoy that. So I kind of yes. figure out what, you know, what's going on in the schedule and then in the week and and then that then I add in all the activities but I usually don't let them choose they usually have to come with yeah (laughs) but but you but you are being mindful of their interests and their schedules and everything like that ahead of time for sure so that you are setting them up for success and I love that you're giving them a choice when it's when it's okay and you really could have them go either way And then the times like Sundays, like they just know. And I was listening to a psychologist talk the other day about a child. They were talking to somebody who said their child was like pushing back against doing a lot of things that was just kind of expected in their family. And the psychologist was so smart. She said, you know, have you really established the negotiables and non-negotiables in your family? Right. And the gal was just like, no, we haven't really talked about that. She's like, okay. Like, it sounds like, you know, you have a lot of, you're treating everything like a non-negotiable, but really it's like, what are the fundamental things that are most important to you? Being together on a Sunday is most important. Like your kids aren't even going to push back against that because they know it's a non-negotiable, but whether they want to go fishing and, but it's not their thing. And so they're going to stay home and hang out with friends instead when you can give them the choice when it literally doesn't matter to you and it is a, right, it is a right. negotiable. And when you give them that power, they're <clears> going <throat> to push against you a lot less when you're not making everything seem like a mountain. Yeah. And a chore that like yeah. they have to go with me to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's so smart. And that was just a reframing just in the last few days that I've thought about as, you know, with kids in a quite a span now, this summer is the first summer we're really like, okay, my oldest son doesn't want to just go to the park to like slide, right? right? And so so right. what if I did it while he was at soccer practice? I take the other little kids to the park and build that in because everybody Absolutely. wins. Oh, it's planning. That. You have to plan. Yes, you have to plan that. So with our bucket list, what we've done is we've gotten all of we, – we have a family meeting, which we do often, and we go over what do you want to do. And okay. a couple of my kids were like, I have never been to those pink sand dunes. I want to do that. I want to make sure I do – you know, go to this bike park or, you know, this skate park or go to this this trail. Like they all put their input in and then 
we kind of work on the schedule and it's mainly my, my, but I, and I like doing that, uh, putting it in the schedule of, of, okay, we're going to do your activity on Tuesday because this kid's gone and then that kid's going there and then we can do this together. Like they all have input. They all decide what they want to do. But yeah, I try not to, when we're, yeah, when we're going to go to a, you know, a cute little park to play on the slide, I for sure don't have, um, I won't make it the day that have every single one of my kids, um, unless now this just happened, we were at this reservoir swimming and paddleboarding and fishing. And as we were driving home, we passed one of these parks that we had never gone to. And I was like, whoa, 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 we're right here. And this was like way out past point of the mountain. So we were like 30 minutes away from our house. Yeah. I'm like, let's just stop real quick. Well, it ended up being, and, and it's just a park. It ended up being one of the best parks we've ever been to. It was like a rocket shaped thing. The big kids were all playing on stuff, the little kids. And so sometimes it does happen where I'm like, well, we're all here anyways. And I'm not going to come out of my way just to come to this park. And we all had a lot of fun. Yeah. But on the whole, I do try to kind of negotiate and navigate through whose interests and likes. But sometimes when we're together, we, we do just that. But you know what? It's okay. If they want to like sit on the side and play on their phone or, you know, not go on the swing. Right. Totally. I don't push that at all. Totally. Well, yeah. And the more you push that, the more they're going to buck against it the next time. Right. So yeah, sure. I, that makes sure. so much sense. Hey everyone, I know you're getting such good ideas from Lori, but I wanted to thank a show sponsor and that is Nutrafol. The changes in your body postpartum, they basically just rock everything about your body, right? physically, your hair, mentally, all the things. And did you know that more than 50% of women experience excessive shedding naturally within three to four months of giving birth? Well, Cooper's four months old, and you better believe we're in the shedding stage. But thanks to Nutrafol, I've been taking Nutrafol postpartum. It's a breastfeeding friendly and OBGYN developed, clinically tested, 100% drug-free natural ingredient solution to help with that very problem addressing the root of the shedding issues. Nutrafol postpartum fills in your nutrition gaps and healthier hair grows over time. Usually it takes about three to six months, but I've been on Nutrafol postpartum for a month now and already I'm starting to see these baby hairs starting to grow and I'm getting thicker, fuller hair at my hairline and that is where I've noticed the most loss. So don't let the physical stress of childbirth and emotional stress of parenting also rock your hair. There are solutions. And I want you to be able to try Nutrafol postpartum just like me. You can grow stronger, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code EMP to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is the best offer anywhere and it's only available for U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code E-M-P. Thank you to Nutrafol for sponsoring the show. Now let's keep going with Lori. Out of curiosity, what is a non-negotiable in your family? Like, what is one of your highest family values that has been able to keep and develop this, this family culture? Oh, my goodness. Well, our number one rule in our family, which you could ask any kid, is not to embarrass mom. Like, don't embarrass mom. That's the number one rule. So that applies to wherever we go. Walking into church, going into the mall, walking into a restaurant, we kind of all say number one rule, everybody. You know, so they're not arguing or raising their voices or, you know, making – with all boys, it's like fart jokes. Like, all yes. the, you know, so it's, it's kind of like all of that kind of put together where, you know – 
dial it down, boys. Like number one rule. Right. So that's kind of a silly thing. Um, but I feel like just being more respectful to um, each other, and especially to me, I know a lot of times, like I, they all my kids usually ask me, and and though my husband's out of town. Even when he's here, my kids always ask me, can I go to a friend's house? Can I go do this activity? And I, 80, 90% of the time say yes. Like I am the yes person. Mm -hmm. And I always want to say yes because I want them to go. I want them to have fun. I want them to do this activity or this adventure or this movie or this, that, whatever. I want them to do that. But then a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, there's, there's times where they will take advantage of me where they hadn't done their chores or they didn't read their 30 minutes and they said, mom, can I go? And then they take off or whatever. Right. So there are things that have to be done before anyone can just like go out and play or go out with their friend's house or do whatever. Like if they have, um, like they have to get their chores done every day, they have to do reading. And then there's little things like with our, we have two puppies. So they have little things they have to do. So it's just asking, is there anything else I can do? Oh yeah. Will you take out all the trash? Oh yeah. Will you do this? And then they can go. So it's just being more respectful to me and their brothers, I would say, um, is probably the main thing we're focusing on right now, right before summer started. Um, and this was for the four, the five little kids or the five kids, I should say, I made this chart that I said, I'd give you $5 from Sunday to Sunday. Um, if you are awesome, I'll just give you five bucks for just being awesome. (laughs) Now I'm going to minus 50 cents. Every time you call your brother stupid or tell him to shut up or push him (laughs) or you talk back to me or any kind of disrespect. Um, and if you forget to do your chore and you didn't get it like a pass from me. Yeah. So, you know, the first week they made like uh, 75 cents a dollar and they were like, Oh crap. Like they, it kind of clicked in their heads because I felt like all of a sudden they were all just being kind of rude to each other. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to give you guys money, free money, you know, and their eyes light up and they're so excited. Well, it took like three or four weeks for them to actually start making more than $3. (laughs) Wow. And and again, this can be, you can do $1 for a little kid. Like actually my, my little guy is $1 for quarters because he would rather have quarters to put in the gumball machine than have a $5. Anyway. So it's kind of, you can make it a $20. You can make it whatever it is for your family. Um, so we just said, you know, five extra bucks that you can use on whatever you want that you don't, you know, you don't have to do anything, but whatever you want, you can take it to the corner store and buy all candy with it. And they realize real quick that, they need to be, they need to be a little bit more respectful. So when they'd be like, mom, Oh, I'm sorry, mom. I didn't mean to say that. Like, yeah, they, they, self-monitoring. Like, okay, I, won't, yeah. I won't minus 50 cents, but don't do that again, please. Like they started catching themselves. So we just started doing that right before summer and it's made a huge difference. And they're like always looking at the fridge where I have this paper that I make every Sunday. And they're like, okay, I want to buy something for $7 and I already have three. So I just got to be yes. really good. So I can have three more dollars. Like, you know, it's just, they start, the wheels in their head start turning and they start getting it. So it's been, it's been a good, a good thing, a good incentive that we have started. Totally. (laughs) And I think sometimes as moms, we get a little bit over concerned about kind of like bribing our kids for good behavior or like, yeah, we shouldn't have to pay our kids to be good, but like, don't we as adults incentivize ourselves to do hard things sometimes? (laughs) Like, it's like, okay, if I, if I clean out, you know, the entire, you know, bathroom, then this, right? And so the world works on incentives. It really, really does. And so like, find something that's fitting. And if you were going to spend five bucks, you know, going to the gas station and letting them, you know, get an ice cream or get a Gatorade or whatever anyway, 
why right. not empower them to to have right. an, an additional motivation to, to earn that? I think that is so right. fantastic. I'm going to start that this week and my kids are going to be pumped. <laughs> <laughs> and really, we can do it on so many different levels. Like that's yeah. just being respectful. We have another um, thing. We're, we have two other activities we're doing just for the summertime with reading. They So whatever the AR points are for reading, yeah. we give them money of half of that. So if they're reading oh. a book that's, that's, you know, a four, a grade level reading a four, they finish that book, we give them two bucks. Okay. So we're also trying to incentivize them to want to read more than just their 25 or 30 minute allotment a day. Okay. And if they read the, like if it's a series, then they get a bonus of five bucks or 10 bucks, depending upon how big the oh. bonus or how big the series is for them to want to read more. So that's one of their other activities. The other one my friend started doing, which I was just like, this is so awesome. And really you can cater this to any kind of needs and likes for your own family. Um, but my friends are doing, you run a hundred miles, mm-hmm. they'll give their kid a hundred dollars. Now when they do it, they'll run for two miles and they'll hand their kid two bucks. I told my kids, first I let them choose if they wanted to do this because I can't make anyone run a hundred miles. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. But I said, I'll give you a hundred dollar bill and that's a, that's yours. Like you could do yeah. whatever you want with that. And so I have my 13 year old, my 11 year old, my nine year old, all those three doing it. Okay. Um, the other kids are like, Oh, that's too much. You know? Yeah. So, and that's fine. They don't have to do that, but it's a good incentive. Like at nighttime, I'm like, okay, well you're at 25 miles and we're almost halfway done with the summer. You know, where are you at? I'm going to go real quick. So we've mapped out different routes by our house where they can like run and they have to run and they run and then they come back and then we can like tally it up. But then we all go outside together to the football field or to the park right next to our house with the dogs and everyone's running around and it's more of a family thing. And the other brothers that aren't participating have come to like be with us and to work out. So again, you can do it with, with chores, with reading, with running, with, you know, being respectful, whatever tweaks that you want for your own family, for your own children that they, that you want to see them to work on or to Mm -hmm. improve on or to even try, you know, you can do incentives and it doesn't even have to be money. It could be, you get an extra 10 minutes of TV time or your phone time, or you can go, you know, I'll take you on a, to the movies. Like it could be whatever, you know, tweaks that you want to make that specializes for you and your family, which is awesome. So many good ideas. So many good ideas and things that could work for this summer immediately and things that you can just think about for long term for developing. Right. Yeah, that accountability. That is so fantastic. Lori, you are so much fun. And sometimes I see people online like you and I just think, gosh, I want to be Lori. But then I think like, (laughs) you know what? Like, I, I actually don't want to do all of the things that you're doing. I just want to do some of them. And so, and that's fine too. And that's fine too. Absolutely. But it's more the intent. Like I want to be a mom where my kids know that I love them. I'm engaged with them. And that right. like I'm, I'm trying to help them to have a happy, fun, adventurous life and to encourage them to do right. things that maybe they wouldn't naturally do on their own. But then they jump off that cliff and they think, wow, that was so fun. Now I'm going to do it again. Like I want that. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Amazing. So I love one, it. Qu- one quick thing that we've done. So back to that bucket list. So we have created this amazing bucket list for Utah. Really, my bucket list has almost 600 things on this list. We have pared it down to the highlight of 250 because not, like you said, not everyone is crazy like me that we want to do (laughs) 10 activities in one day, which we totally get. So we've created this like little packet where they can, 
write down their own activities. We've put them in geographical areas. So every oh region in the state of Utah has activities to find, uh, you know, biking trails and, and fishing and ponds and swimming and parks and playgrounds and on and on and on where they can be like, oh, I've got three little tiny kids. Yeah, I'm not going to go hike Mount Tipinogos right. while we get that. So we've, we've put all these awesome things together that you can find what you, you know, you know what you like, what your kids like in your area, and create your own bucket list. We offer a free weekly email where we also highlight fun activities, a water activity, a historical activity, a park, and on and on, where we're just highlighting and featuring different areas. And it's not like everyone has to live in Salt Lake, um, yeah. anywhere in Utah that highlights these fun activities like I have friends from Arizona that are like we're just coming for the week I'm like which area are you in like there's so many fun things and it could be a mural or a cute little diner it could be something like I like hiking Mount Tipinogos it could be something huge but then we have little hikes that are that are a 0.5 mile hike that it's paved where a stroller or grandma can go in the wheelchair like so we have tried to find different fun activities for everyone to just have more fun this summer with their family, whatever that may be once a week or 10 things in one day, like my family, like it doesn't (laughs) matter what your family likes to do or what their ages are. There are interests and different activities for all, for all ages and all people. So it's been really fun to put this together. Well, yeah. And, and I love that you're offering this to other people as a resource, which is unbelievable, but also you just did it by default because you were already seeking this out for yourself. So just thank you. Thanks for compiling that (laughs) list. So where can people find that list and just follow you online? So we, I am on um, Instagram, Lori's Fab Life. So you can go to my link tree and sign up through the weekly emails, or I have a website, Lori's Summer Bucket List, where you can sign up for the free weekly emails. But then on there is also all of the past um, weeks. I think we're in week six was was this last Monday mm. of, of highlighting the different activities. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. But it, yes, we have defaulted by doing this because we have had amazing summer bucket list. But it was my husband who had the brilliant idea. This was two years ago. He made it to be an interactive map on my phone hmm. because I hated getting all of the kids in the car, driving, you know, 30 minutes to this awesome park and then coming home. And then like two days later going, oh, shoot, there was a skate park on that same block wow. or there was yeah. a cute mural right around the corner. And I don't want to drive an, all the way back there to go and see it. So he put all of these places on this interactive map. So if I know, oh, I'm going to, like yesterday, I had to go to Provo to drop off kids for BYU lacrosse camp. Well, what else can I do here? I just opened up my map. Oh, there's Bridalville Falls because I have my five-year-old. He's not going to do a lot of crazy activities, but we could do Bridalville Falls. We did the creamery. We did, so we did a few different activities, but it's been so helpful. And he is like the brains behind that of putting all of these activities in the whole state of Utah on this interactive map on my phone where I can like open it at any time, go, wait, what else? What's that one park called? Oh, it's right here and here. It has a splash pad, you know, how fun, whatever it may be. But it's, that's been the best part of this whole summer bucket list is, is that interactive map that my husband's done for sure. That is an incredible thing. Wow. You're so lucky. (laughs) That is so amazing. Lori, I am, I have about a month. Yeah. A month left of summer. We start early August here and I am committing to do a lot more adventuring with my kids and and to, to be plugging in things more strategically versus just kind of like waking up in the morning and being like, 
what are we going to do today? Because I think that's how a lot of us approach right. it. But when you can oh, for really sure. map it out and, and be strategic, it doesn't have to be stressful. It can really cater to the ages and interests of your kids. And you can have a really fun, fulfilling summer and, and life. So yes. I love it so yes. much. Lori, yes. I always ask my guests one final question. And it's this. Sure. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, my gosh. That is a great question. Well, being in the thick of it, I think my answer would change if you asked me in 10 years or if you asked me 10 years ago. But I think right now I would want to know that everyone is healthy and everyone is happy and everyone is we are a, we are a tight, tightly bond family. Mm. I love that. I love that so much. What a great answer. Lori, you Thank are you. fantastic. I love what you're doing. You are surviving eight boys deep, and I just think that is so fantastic. What would you tell any boy moms out there? <laughs> well, if they're younger kids, like, you got yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got this. Don't worry. Don't worry that they're literally jumping off the walls and make, destroying everything. They are having, they absolutely adore their mother. Yeah. Like boys may not show it all the time, but they, they do. They, yeah. they love us. And that's, that's just makes everything. Okay. Amazing. Thanks, Lori. Have a happy summer. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. Talk to you later, hun. I am so grateful for extraordinary moms like Lori. Our families look a lot different. I mean, aside from the boys part, <laughs> she's a lot more than I do, though. She is such a great inspiration to me about creating an intentional culture in our family. And it can be a culture of adventure and go, go, going, if that suits you. And it could also just be really intentional memory making based upon what you value. I hope you'll take a look at what are your negotiables and non-negotiables in your home. Talk about it with your spouse, talk about it with your kids and decide what are the things that we value most and are those things being prioritized? And if not, make sure that those things start happening. You will not regret that. And if you are looking for bucket list items, I'm going to link everything and everywhere you can find Lori over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com because she has some great Utah ideas for you and make sure to follow her on Instagram because she is just the life of the party everywhere she goes. Don't you just love people that just exude energy and fun and living life to the fullest? That is Lori. So if you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.